Okay, we are learning Daf Sadi test, starting from the uh, bottom Mishnah and Sadi Ches from Beis. We're learning before Shlema for Yael Bas Shendel Etel. Says the Mishnah, Omed Adam Rishus Hayachal Matal Rishus Harabim. A person can stand in Rishus Hayachal and move things in Rishus Harabim. So presumably he's standing. Rashi gives an example like he's standing on a roof, he's bending down, and he's moving things in the Rishus Harabim below him. So he is moving things in the Rishus Harabim, but he's not transferring, right? That's the key. You can't transfer from one Rishus to another, but here you're just moving things around in Rishus Harabim while you yourself, you're, as the person, is in the Rishus Hayachad. So that's allowed to do, happen. Or in the opposite way, Rishus Harabim tells Rishus Hayachad, you can stand in Rishus Harabim and move things around in Rishus Hayachad. So you have to make sure you're not th- moving things uh, in the first case, where you're moving things in the Rishus Rabbim while you're standing in the Rishus you have to make sure that you don't move them more than four hours because it's forbidden to move something more than four hours in the street. But as long as you're not as you're not doing that, you're just moving things around a little a little bit in the street. It's fine because you're not making any transfer from one Rishus to another Rishus. Says the Mishnah, Lo Yamod Adam Rishus Yachid Yashin Rishus Rabbim. Person cannot stand the Rishus Yachid and urinate into the street, or vice versa. He can't stand in the street and urinate into the Rishus Yachid. Or he can't spit from one Rishus to the other. So we're going to see in the Gemara that you, it could be even be that this is a chi of Dar Isa because you're transferring. You're transferring the urine. You're transferring the spit from one Rishos to the other Rishos. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda adds, Ab roka someone whose saliva is collected in his mouth, he can't walk four amas. He's walking in the street and suddenly you feel a collection of saliva. You can't continue walking four amas unless you spit it out. Because at the point that it, that it collects inside the mouth, it's no longer considered part of the body. It's considered like a separate, a separate substance. And at that point, so then you're basically carrying it in your mouth. So once you're carrying it in the mouth, you can't go more than four almost. Once it's already, it's already become dislodged from your body, it's just you know, swirling around in your mouth. At that point, you're, it's like you're carrying the saliva and you have to be careful not to go four almost in the street. And we'll talk more about these, the circumstances of carrying the saliva in your mouth while you're walking. So first, the Gemara has a different version of the way that the Mishnah said. Bar Shalema, Lachia Barab, Kamei Rav. Lachia Bar Shalema taught a different version of the Mishnah, Lachia Bar Rav, in front of Rav. He taught him, Lo Yamad Adam Rishos Yachim, Tal Rishos Rav. person is not allowed to stand in the Rishos Yachim and move things around in the Rishos Rabbim. So we have in our Mishnah the way the Girsa is that it is permitted, since I'm not making a transfer, it's allowed. In this version, the Mishnah actually says a different version of the text. The Mishnah actually says it's not allowed because we're concerned that you might come to make a transfer. So Amalei, Rav says, You know what must have happened here? You have left the view of the Rabbanon, and you're going, and you're teaching only like Rabbi Meir. In other words, the Gemara is going to bring later uh, that there's a machlokas in the Rabbanon and Rabbi Meir if you're allowed to do it. So Rabbi Hanina had decided to go like Rabbi Meir, even though Rabbi Meir is a das yachid, and teach that the gears in the mission should be that it's forbidden. So that's, that's what Rabbi didn't like that, because normally Rabbi Meir is a das yachid. So even we're going to learn later on that even though Rabbi Meir doesn't like it, why is Rabbi Hanina uh, ch- changing the gears in the Mishnah to go like a das yachid? We should assume that the Mishnah would go like the Rabbim, like the prevailing opinion of the Rabbanon. And we should assume that the gears of the Mishnah is the way we have it, that it's actually permitted. So the Bar says, "Who suffered? Chanina held me to save for Rebbe Meir. Since the end of the Mishnah, the Mishnah later uh, is going. It says that we're going like Rebbe Meir. So our Mishnah as well probably goes like Rebbe Meir, and therefore the correct comparison of the Mishnah should be that it's forbidden for a person. But the Gemara says quickly that that's not the truth. Lohi, it's not the way it should be. Save for Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Shabbat. the end of the Mishnah later, we're going to learn as Rebbe Meir. But right now, what we're learning is the Rabbanon. And in fact, the correct comparison of the Mishnah should be that it is permitted. That it's mutter for a person to stand on the roof and transfer items." Uh, in the street, as long as they're not going into the Rishos Hayach. 
Okay, now I think when we quote from the Mishnah, you have to make sure that you don't move things from uh, four Amos in the street. Even though it's not going into the Rosh Hashayach, but moving it, just moving it more than four Amos in the street would also be problematic. So, ha ho see, the Mishnah implies that if you would do that, Chayev Chatas, you'd be Chayev Achatas, would be a Darai, so if against moving things more than four Amos in the street. So the Gemara says, Lema Masayla the Rava. Let's say that the Mishnah supports what Rava taught. Someone who makes an object move in Rosh Hashanah from the beginning of four Amos stretch to the end of that. So in other words, he picks it up and then he moves four Amos and he puts it down in the street. He's Chayav. Even if even if he didn't carry it below Tentvachim, he passed it over himself. Meaning, remember that the airspace of Rosh Hashanah only extends until the height of Tentvachim. So if a person carries something on top of himself, then that means that the, it was being carried above the airspace of Rosh Hashanah. So it was picked up from Rosh Hashanah and was put down in Rosh Hashanah. Him. But while it was traveling the four Amos, it wasn't in the Rishas Rabbim. It was actually above the airspace of Rishas Rabbim. Rava teaches that you're still Chayev because we don't really care what, where it was situated during those four Amos. The point is it was picked up in the Rishas Rabbim, it was placed down in Rishas Rabbim, you're Chayev, even if in the interim while it was moving, it was in a Makam Torah. So, so too here, if a guy is on a roof and he's moving something in Rishas Rabbim, then it, 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 it's, a, it's a good assumption that he picks it up and puts it down in Rishas Rabbim, but while it was moving, it was above Tenz Vachim. And the Mishnah is still saying that if he would do that, he'd be Chayev. Chayvachatos, what's approved to Rava? So the Gemara says, how do you know? Miktani, did the Mishnah say outright in Hotzi Chayvachatos that if he did do this and carry it more than four Amos, he's actually Chayvachatos? Mishnah didn't say that. Dilma, maybe if you would do it, it's, it's just awesome to draw but you'd be Pater. Whereas we don't have a proof that your Chayvs are right. So the Mishnah just said, don't do it. What would happen if you would do it? Would you be Chayvachatos? It didn't say that it's a Daraisa. So maybe in fact it's only a Drabanan, and Rava's halach is wrong. In order to be Chayv a Daraisa level, you have to not only pick it up and just around and put it down and around, but the entire four Amos that it's moving, it has to be in the street itself. Says the Gemara, you could armor a different version of the way that this discussion happened. We make the inference from the mission the opposite way. It says, don't do it, but if you would do it, it would only be Asr Midrabana, not Darai. So that's the way we, we start off assuming. So then that should be a rejection of Rava. Should that reject what Rava said? Someone who makes an object moving, which was around at the beginning of four Amas to the end of four Amas. But instead of carrying it within ten Tzvachim of the ground, he carries it over himself. So that means it's transferred through Makam Torah. Rava still says, Yerchayim. So our Mishnah, the Gemara assuming, is implying it's only Rabban and Isser because the guy in the roof who's transferring items versus Ram from four, beginning of four to end of four, presumably it's transferring, uh, presumably it's transferring well, above the height of ten Tzvachim and he's still, and it's only a Rabbanon. So the Gemara defends Rava, Mikitani, Hotzi, Pazwa, did the Mishnah say outright that if you did it, it's only an Isser Drabbanon? Dilma, maybe, if you did do it, you're actually so there's no proof in the Mishnah against what Rava said. So bottom line is, all our Mishnah said is that uh, when you're allowed to stand on the roof and transfer items a little bit in the Rishas Rabbim, but you can't do from the beginning of four Amos to the end of four Amos because then you're making the, am- the move more than, uh, you're making things move more than four Amos Rishas Rabbim. So that's definitely what it says. Now, the question is, if you would do that, would you be chayv on a Daraisa level or would it only be Darabonin? It could be Daraisa, and that'd be a Chiddush, even though the four Amma interim was above the height of Ten Tzvachim, or it could be only Darabonin. In order to be chayv on a Daraisa level, <coughs> it has to move uh, the entire four Amas in the riches around. The Gemara is back and forth on that, and we don't end up with conclusive proof. Okay, then we look we look at the next part of the Mishnah, and urinate into the street. So the Gemara says, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Hishin Varal Chayav Chata. Someone who does do this actually is Chayav Chata. 
because they've transferred the urine of this bit from one domain into the other domain. So the Gemara asks on Rav Yosef, usually, what's the halacha? Whenever we talk about transferring Rishos, it's not just picking up and putting it down. There's a halacha that you have to pick it up from a place that is for Tzvachim and place it down on a place that's for Tzvachim. Meaning it's, it's not sound that you pick it up and, and, and put it down. It has to be that you uproot it from a significant place where it was resting and you place it down on a significant place. So where was this? This wasn't in a place that was for Tzvachim. And you're just urinating. So it's, it's not... It's not coming from a surface area that's four tzvachim squared. Um, so, 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 Valeka, in our case, you don't have that. It's, it's all you have is the bladder or the spit in the mouth. That's not an area that's more than four tzvachim. So, yes, you're uprooting it from one place to the other, but it's not. Yes, it's being uprooted from one place to the other, but it's not being uprooted from a place that's significant of being four tzvachim wide. So the Gemara answers for Rav Yosef, that you're right, the Mitzvah says it's not four tzvachim wide, but his intent, his das, makes it into a significant area. In other words, since he wants the urine to come out, or he wants the saliva to come out, then it's considered a, legal, a, a significant transfer, despite the fact that it's not really on a surface that's four tzvachim. So we're saying a big Kiddush. It's not absolutely required to be chayav to, to make it move from four tzvachim. It's all about the chashivas within the transfer. If you want, really want this urine out, or you really want the saliva out, then even though despite the fact that it's not moving from a place that's four, it's still considered a significant act of hotzah and you're chayav. Only in a regular case where it's not so important that it moves, there we say that you're only chayav if you transfer from a place that's four tzvachim. And the Gemara proves this. But if you don't concede to this idea, if someone throws something for Amos, which is a rabbin, and it doesn't, instead of landing on the street, it lands in the mouth of a dog or the opening of a furnace, and so it never really was arrested on the ground. Still, how could that be? We could ask the same question. Don't we require that the item become to rest in an area that's for and Valeka? And you don't have that in that case, because if it lands in the dog's mouth, or the furnace, it's not landing on a place that's for Tzvachim. Ella, what do you have to conclude? That his intent, his das, he wants to make it land in the dog's mouth of the furnace, it makes it chashuv, it has to, it's considered significant, even though it's technically not on a place that for. So if he wants to feed his dog, or he wants to burn it, so that chashivas now to the mice, it makes it chayav, despite the fact that it technically did not come to rest at a place that is for Tzvachim. So Al-Hanami, we could extend the same principle to our Mishnah, his intent, that he wants to get it off of this thing, he wants to get the urine out of the bladder, or the saliva out of the mouth, that means it's a chashivah mice outside, despite the fact that the urine and the bladder are not necessarily for Tzvachim, so it's not a problem. Now the Gemara has a lumdish question here. Let's say he's around the Piyamish around them. But the, the, or, the opening right there to his, um, to his organ is, is right in the Rishas Harabim. Ma, what's the halacha? If Yaman urinates right there, the tip of the organ is in the Rishas Harabim. But he, the body, is mostly in Rishas Harabim. Now he's urinating to the street. So do we go from where the urine comes out of where it originally was? It used to be in the bladder. So the Akira is in the Rishas Harabim. Because again, most of his body is in Rishas HaYachid, but the tip, that very tip of the organ, right where the hole is, is in the Rishas HaRabim. So if you go after the Akira, where it leaves its original position, where it was back in the body, so it's an Akira from Rishas HaYachid, and now he's transferring to Rishas HaRabim, so he would be Chayab. Oh, Basar Yitzhiyah, maybe we go not from where it is uprooted from its place, but from where it leaves the body, when it exits the hole of the organ. So that would be its exiting in Rishas HaRabim. So then he wouldn't be Chayab, because he transferred from Rishas HaRabim to Rishas HaRabim. So do we go after where the urine leaves the body, or do you go after the point? from where the urine leaves its place that it was in its bl- the bladder. And the Gemara says, take hey, it, we don't resolve this question. Okay, then we learned the statement of Rabbi Yudah made. We said that you're not allowed to 
uh, you know, to spit from one mistress to another, and then Rabida said a bigger chedesh. Even if a person is walking in the street and he feels that saliva has collected in his mouth, then he can't walk four amos, according to Rabida, because walking four amos with the saliva collected in his mouth would be carrying the saliva in his mouth. So the Gemara infers, it didn't even have to say, even if the saliva didn't swirl around in his mouth, just as soon as it collects, at that point, it's considered carried by the mouth. So the Gemara says, but we learn in a Mishnah, let's say somebody's eating a cake of truma, here, truma figs, and he has dirty hands. Dirty hands means that they're tame hands. They're shini latuma, and the shini can be matame truma. But, but remember, here's the key, that um, the, the question is, is that the food does not become tame unless it becomes susceptible to tuma. How does food become susceptible to, by tuma, to tuma? It has to be touched by a liquid. So here you have the, these fig cakes, right? And, and, and you have dirty hands. But the question is, are these truma fig cakes, did they ever get a hechshar latuma? So here what happened was, someone puts his hand into his mouth to take out a little stone and he touches the figs. So did the food have a hechshar from the saliva? So Mayor Matamarita says, Mayor says the figs are tame. Why? Because... The saliva in a person's mouth could be machshir the the figs. It makes them susceptible to tuma. So it makes them susceptible to tuma. So now that his hands, his tummy hands, are touching the figs when they go into the mouth to take out the rocks, so when they touch the figs, they're metame the figs. The figs were hokshal tuma because of the saliva. Rabbi matar. Rabbi was matar because he holds saliva in a person's mouth. It's, it's just part of the body. It's not a. It's not a liquid. In order to be masher, it can't just be that it's something wet. It has to be considered a hashiva of a beverage, of a liquid. So saliva, when it's still in a person's mouth, it's just part of the person's body. And since it's just part of the person's body, it can't give a hechshar to the figs. And therefore, when the hands touch the figs, even though there's contact with the figs, it's not going to be metamia. That is Rabbi Yossi's opinion. Rabbi Yudah Omer, Rabbi Yudah says it depends. If the person swirled around the saliva in the mouth, the figs are tummy. But if he didn't swirl around the saliva in his mouth, it's tar. So basically, we're distinguishing between at the point that it swirls around. If saliva is just, it, it's just in there before it swirls around, it's just part of the body, and it's not a liquid. But uh, once it swirls around in the mouth, at that point it becomes a liquid, and it could give a hafshar. That's where Rabbi Yudah says they're in the laws of Tumat. So it's a contradiction to Rabbi Yudah here. Rabbi Yudah here seems to say that as soon as the saliva is collecting, it's, not longer, it's no longer considered part of the body, even before it was swirled around. There we seem to say that it's only at the point that the saliva is swirled around that we say that it becomes its own entity and no longer part of the body. So which one is it? Is it the saliva already its own entity as soon as it collects or only once it's swirled around? So Amar Bilkana Mokhlev has a sheet. Rabbi Yudah changed his opinion. Originally, he said, like in our Mishnah, as soon as it collects in a person's mouth, that's already considered a liquid. And then you'd be high for carrying it. But then he switches his opinion and says it's only once it's swirled around. Shamar, different answer. Low talk lift, you don't have to change where Rabbi Yudah is. When our Mishnah was saying that, that, that as soon as it collects, you're high, we're not talking about saliva. Really, it should say phlegm. Phlegm is a different thing. Phlegm, as soon as it collects, even before it's swirled around, it's considered a separate entity. Mashenkin, the Mishnah, the Tumah, the Mishnah and Kalim, we're talking about regular saliva. So we're distinguishing regular saliva only becomes a separate entity, not just part of the body once it's swirled around. But phlegm, as soon as phlegm collects in the mouth, already it's its own entity. So the Gemara asks on Rish Lakish, Vatanya, it says in a price, Rebuda Omer Kechel Vinitlash, phlegm that collects in a person's mouth, you can't walk four amos. My love, Rok Vinitlash, doesn't the Brisa also talk about saliva that collects? Now, it's very hard to understand what the Gemara is asking. We just tried to distinguish between phlegm and saliva. And now we bring a Brisa that says that phlegm that collects, you can't walk. So we're going to assume that the same thing is true to saliva and ask Akasha, what gives us a right to do that? Why don't we just say no? So that's really what the Gemara answers. But what is the Gemara even thinking? Lo, keichov nitlash, right? The Gemara answers is talking about phlegm, which collected. But saliva, which collected, would not be, would still be considered a part of body until it's swirled around 
it would not be its own independent status and it wouldn't be a problem of Hutzah and it wouldn't be a Hachshar for Tumah. So again, the Gemara has another Kashar on Rosh Lakish Vatanya, but it says in Bryce, Rebuda Omer, Kechoshinitlash, Machin, Rokoshinitlash. If flame collects or saliva that collects in a mouth, Lo Yalach Allah Ramashiyark, you can't walk more than four hours until you spit it out. So Rebuda clearly saying both saliva and phlegm is considered separate from the body, it's its own entity as soon as it collects, even without being swirled around. So this is against what Rosh Lakish is saying. Rosh Lakish is trying to distinguish between the phlegm and the saliva. And we seem to see from the Brisa, not that way. So the Gemara really rejects Rish Lakish. And the Gemara says, Ella, rather, the right explanation is the way we said earlier, that, um, that, that, that actually reviewed that to switch his opinion. Originally, he was saying saliva is independent as soon as it collects. And subsequently, he switches his mind, like the Mishnah and Kalim said, that it's only considered its own entity once it's swirled around in the house. Okay, once we mention that, now the Gemara talks a little bit more about phlegm. So someone who coughs off phlegm in front of his Rebbe, He's high of Misa, right? I mean, obviously, Bidei Shemayim, but it's considered a really gross thing, disrespectful thing. Shinemar, it says in the Apostle, all those who hate me, they're talking about the Torah, love death. So what is the Altegah I don't read it, the people who hate me, who hate Torah, al means people who cause others to hate me. Meaning if someone sees a Tamu Chacham who does something so disgusting, he's going to think that in general, the Chachamim are not good, and he's going to cause the Torah to be hated. So someone causes the Torah to be hated by coughing up the phlegm in front of his Rebbe, and uh, it's going to cause Misa. I says the Gemara, Menas on his, he's forced to, meaning you can't necessarily control it, right? The phlegm might come out. So the Gemara says, Kich We're talking about someone who coughed it and then he spits it out in front of the Rebbe. That's really gross. What could he have done? He could have turned aside and could have spit it out somewhere else, or he could have, you know, gotten a tissue and, and, and put it into the tissue, but he didn't have to spit it out right in front of the Rebbe. And that's really gross, repulsive, and it causes, it's a bad reflection on the people who learn Torah. And therefore, that's why the Gemara is saying is deserving of Misa. Okay, so until now, we've been talking about someone standing on the roof and moving items in the Rishas Harab, and we said that was allowed as long as it's not moved more than four Amos. Now the Mishnah teaches, Lo a person is not allowed to stand in Rishas HaYachid, the Yishev Rishas Harabim, and bend his, his, himself forward and drink in a Rishas Harabim. That is forbidden. Rishas Harabim, the Yishev Rishas HaYachid, or he can't stand Rishas Harabim and bend forward to drink in the Rishas HaYachid. Why? Because we're concerned that he's going to end up carrying the cup into the place where he is. Ella, the only way you're allowed to do it, Ella Mkain, Hechnas Rosh, Rulamak, which you said, unless you put your head and most of your body in the domain which you're drinking. That way, you're not going to forget and remove the cup. But if you're just bending over a little bit, we're concerned you're going to forget and take the cup over to where you are, which would be a transfer. And the Mishnah says, Vachin Begas, the same thing applies to a wine press. So the Gemara is going to analyze what does that mean? I guess the simple try would be someone, the same thing. You're in one Rishos and the wine press is in the other Rishos and you want to take a drink. So you're only allowed to do that if you put your head and most of your body in the Rishos where the wine press is. But if it's just bending forward a little bit, it's forbidden because we're concerned, we're going to concern that, um, we're concerned that you might transfer to where you are. So the Gemara asks, there seems to be a contradiction here. Reish Yerabbanon, the last Mishnah was going like the Rabbanon. The last Mishnah said you're allowed to stand on the roof and move things around the Rishas Rabbim. Evidently, we go like the Rabbanon. We're not concerned that's going to cause you to move things from the Rishas Rabbim onto the roof. But safer around there, here at the end of the Mishnah, here at this Mishnah, it sounds like it's forbidden to take a drink when you're Rishas Rabbim. And, and drink from the Rishas Rabbim, I guess it's because we're concerned that you're going to end up transferring. So it sounds like only Rameir that we're concerned that you're going to do that. So basically, what's the difference between standing on the roof and moving things around the Rishas and standing in the Rishas and drinking from the Rishas Rabbim? Either way, there's definitely a possibility 
that it might come to transferring. So are we Gozer or we're not? It sounds like from the last Mishnah we're not Gozer, and in this Mishnah it sounds like we are Gozer. So when is it Mutter or not? So the Gemara tells us there's a difference. Our Mishnah is things that you need for different alcohols, according to everybody. Meaning, there's a big difference between moving random things versus Ravim and drinking water. You have a real need to drink the water. So everybody agrees that there's a that you might come to bring the water into the place where you are, and that's why we're more machmer. If I'm randomly standing, if I'm on my roof and randomly moving objects in the street, it might not be that important that I get the object to me. I just want to maybe moving it around in the street. So it's not a problem to do it. We're not gozer. But here, where I clearly need the drink, so we're concerned that if I just bend my, myself a little bit, I might come to transfer, I might come to transfer to where I am, and that's why it is forbidden. So everybody here agrees that for drinking, you're not allowed to drink from one Rishos unless you put your head and most of your body into the Rishos where the drink is. Says the Gemara, meaning the Mishnah said you can't stand Rishos HaYachid and bend forward a little bit and drink on the Rishos HaRabba. Well, what about in a Karmelis? A Karmelis is only Durabana to begin with. Even, so, so should we protect transferring if it's only going to be a worst case scenario, even if it happens to be transferred, you're only doing a Durabana. Do we protect it or not? So I'm Rabbi, he, he, it's the same thing. Meaning we're the same way where it goes around the Daraisa, where it goes around to protect the Karmelis as well. Um, Rabbi, Rabbi says, he the law of a Karmelis itself is only Durabana, not Nekom, Nekzer, Gzer, should we make Gzer, Gzer, meaning even if you do it, and you do transfer the cuff and the Karmelis to the Rishas HaYachid, it works, it's only Durabana. So why should we be so machmer and say that you can't bend forward and drink a little bit, if even if you end up moving the cup, it's only Durabana. Amar Abayi, so Abayi says, back when I'm Mila, how do I know that I'm right that the rabbis were so machmer? Read the Ketani, because the Mishnah added the Chaim Begas. The same thing is true with the wine press. So I guess it's the same thing. You can't sandwich just a rabbi, lean over the wine press and drink a little bit from it. You know, the Kli. But what's the bigger Chiddush of that case over the first case? It's the same thing. If I drink from a cup of water, if I'm drinking with, with a cup from the wine press, why did the Mishnah have to, have to repeat itself? Must be that the wine press is referring to one that's in a caramelist and not a Rishasayachid, and the mission was coming to add that you're not allowed to stand in the Rishasayachid and drink in a caramelist. That's what we were trying to add. So that's, that's the meaning of what we were trying to add, and therefore we have a proof from the Mishnah, uh, we have a proof from the Mishnah that even to a caramelist, it's forbidden to bend over and drink. So that's Abai's proof that we are gozer, that you can't bend over and drink even from a conference between Rishos HaYachid from the fact that we have that extra case in the Mishnah about the wine press, which we understand is coming to add that even if the wine press, wine press would be in a caramelist, you can't bend over and drink. So how does Rava, Rava who held that you, Rabbanon, were not gozer to drink when you bend over to a caramelist, how does he defend from the Mishnah? What is the Mishnah coming to add with the case of the wine press? Rava, Abba, and Yermaiser, the Mishnah is not talking about the halachas of Shabbos. It's coming to add a similar halacha in regarding uh, the laws of Mises. What does that mean? You have to take off trimmers and Mises. And uh, until then, it's Tevel. So when you have, when you have Tevel, the halacha is you could still eat as a little bit of a snack. So what does it mean? Like if it's still in the wine press, it's not, the wine hasn't been fully processed, then it's, as you drink like a casual drink, it's still a snack, that's okay. So it's only mutter um, when you're drinking it mamash by the press. But if you drink it, take the wine outside the press, then it would be like a regular drinking. It wouldn't be considered casual enough, like a snack. And since since it's it's still tevel, it would be usher to drink. So the Mishnah is saying, so too with the wine press, is coming to say that if you're going to drink over the wine press, it's not called casual, like a casual drink, unless most of your body is over the press. But if you're just bending over the press itself, that would still be a problem. If not, as we learned, Shosin Alagaz, a person who's allowed to drink wine over the wine press, meaning you, as long as it's like a casual drink that he's taking, you're just bending over and taking a little sip, that's considered that's considered to be a casual drink. And if you could do that, even though trimmers and miser haven't been taken off, whether the wine is diluted with hot water, with cold water, Upater. Uh, I want his exempt from taking off trimmers and meisters at this point just for his casual drink. Give a mayor all this according to a mayor. Mayor holds that if you're drinking over the wine press itself, it's called casual, and you don't you don't have to take off trimmers and meisters yet, um, even though 
even though you're diluting the wine. Whereas Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Tzadok, Machayev. Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Tzadok says that you're Chayev to take up Jermat Sotmaizros in the wine, that you're diluted even if you're drinking over the wine press itself. If you're diluting the wine, that makes it more of a formal sense of drinking. It's not casual, and therefore you're not allowed to do it unless you have Jermat Sotmaizros taken off. If you're doing it for with diluted with hot water, you have to take up Jermat Sotmaizros first. While it's zoning, if you're just diluted with cold water, it's okay. Because you could always pour back whatever, whatever, whatever is left in the, in, the, in the wine press. So in other words, they say that when you're drinking water over the wine press, it could be casual. Because you could just drink a small amount and pour the rest back, but that's only true with, with cold water. But once you mix with hot water, you would never pour back the remainders. It could spoil the rest of the stuff. So when you mix with hot water, that means by definition it's not casual and you're not allowed to drink unless you take off trimmers and misers. But when it mixes with cold water, uh, then it could still be considered a casual thing. So our mission is going like Remeyer, that you could always drink wine directly over the wine press. And that's what we're saying, that when you're doing it, in order for it to be casual, that you're drinking it by the wine press, the head of most of the body has to be over the wine press, or else we're, we're concerned that you're going to end up moving the wine beyond the press. And uh, if you do that, it's no longer a casual drink. It would be forbidden uh, to drink without taking off Tremes and So it's not coming to add anything in the regard to Helchos Shabbos. It's coming to add a Chiddush in Helchos Tremes and So we end up with the Machlokas of Bayan Rava if a person is allowed to stand, to stand in the Shasayachid and bend over into a Karmelist and take a drink. Abayan says we make Xera there as well and Rava says we do not. Continues the Mishnah. A person who is a could hold a cleat in the airspace and catch water falling from the gutter. As long as the gutter is less than 10 Tvachim from the ground, then it's mutter. So in other words, you have the rainwater coming off the roof and spilling into these pipes that are going down. So you could stand there and just rob them, hold a cleat, and you're going to catch the water that's falling. But it has to be that what's falling within 10 Tvachim on the ground. So you're not transferring anything. If you catch the water, it's already in the Rishas Rabbim. As long as it's less than 10 Tvachim, it's already in the Rishas All you're doing is catching the water that is already in the Rishas Rabbim. From a, a drain pipe itself, you can drink. Meaning it's not only you can, you, you can catch the water, you could put your mouth right to the pipe and drink the water. By the gutter, it seems we don't allow you to do that. By the gutter, it's not mutter. But by a different type of thing, a drain pipe is mutter. So the Gemara is going to explain here the distinction between these two things. So the Gemara analyzes. In the first case, you can only catch the water in mid-air. It's coming out of the gutter. That's mutter. It's mutter to catch it in the air. But to put your mouth right against the gutter is not my time. What's the distinction? We're dealing with a gutter that's less than three twelve off of the roof. And the usually anything less than three twelve is like lava. So we say it could be like the it could be treated like the roof itself. So if the roof is Rishasayachid, so the gutter is generally we're within three twelve of the roof. So the gutter is also Rishasayachid. So if you're going to be a Rishas Rabbim, if you would put your mouth right to the gutter, that would be considered that you made the transfer from Rishasayachid to Rishas Rabbim. So even though the gutter ends up below 10 Tvachim, it's also to take water directly out of it. Because since the gutter is within 3 Tvachim of the roof, when the Rishas Hayachid, so taking water right out of it is like taking it out from the Rishas to Rishas Rabbim. Mashenkin, once it already fell into the air, it's already left the Rishas Hayachid, so now it's already in the Rishas Rabbim, and therefore it would be mutter. And now we understand that's all only by gutters, because gutters... The way it works is that they're usually within three tvachim of the of the roof. Mashenk and the other one, the drain pipe, which cuts out uh, from the angle of the house and usually is open, so we assume it ends up being more than three tvachim of the roof. Therefore, it's not a rishasayachin, and that's why for the drain pipe, the tzinar, you're allowed to drink directly from it. So we end up having distinguishing between different types of uh, pipes and gutters. But the main point we're saying is when you have stuff that's coming out of the house and the water's rushing out, so if 
if the stuff, if, can you put your mouth directly on it? So if you're doing it to a gutter where it's within three tachim of, of the roof, then it is forbidden because it's basically like transferring from the roof itself, which is forbidden. You can only catch the water that's in the air coming out of it. Whereas if you have a drain pipe, you can even put your mouth right there because it's already out of uh, more than three tachim from the roof. Tanya and Amiyachim, we see like this in the Bryce as well. A person can stand in like on a roof. Picks his hands up more than tachim from the ground. To a place that's less than three tefachim from the higher roof, let's say there's one roof, his neighbor has a much higher roof. So he's sticking his hands up into the air and trying to catch the water that's coming out from his uh, from his neighbor's as falling from his neighbor's roof. Actually, sorry, as long as he doesn't put his hands right up against the wall to collect the water, because it's as if it's going to be on the roof itself. And if I put my hand up there, it's considered like I took it off the roof. So that's forbidden. As long as it's already in the air, then it's not like I took it off the roof. And we're applying the same concept here to the person in the Tani, you don't another bride, so I'm another Rishasayach, a person can't stand on a Rishasayach, like, let's say, a roof or something like that. If you have a little amount of this, put his hands out more than the Tzvachim on the ground, the Pachos, Mishlosha, Samach, Lagag, to a spot less than three Tzvachim from his neighbor's higher roof. The Yitzar, put his hand right against the wall, you can't do that, like we just spoke out, because it's considered like you're transferring from the other roof itself. Avo Kulurufa showed, so you could catch the water as it's falling through the air, that would be Mutter. The next part of the Mishnah said that what, from the drain pipe, it's Mutter, you could put, even put your, roof, your mouth there, because Again, the drain pipe is uh, more than three tefachim away from the roof, so it's not like you're transferring from the roof to here. So Tana, the Tana still says, in each bit sinar arba al arba, if the opening of the pipe is four by four, then you can't drink from it. It's like transfer from one resource to another. If the pipe is four tefachim wide, then it's its own independent caramelist. So if you take water directly from it, it's like moving some of the caramelist which is around. That's also The case in the Mishnah was that the pipe is less than four tefachim wide, so therefore it's a makam tour. So if I put my mouth directly to it, it's like transferring makam tour to resource which is hundred percent okay. Continues the Mishnah. Bar Rishas If there's a hole, a water hole in Rishas Rabbim, and the banks around the water pit that raise up are ten tefachamai. So we're assuming we're talking about a water pipe, a water hole that is that is ten tefachim deep as well. And you also have like it's uh, there are like walls like uh, the banks of the of the pit that also stick up ten tefachamai in the street. So if there's a window, some house is near this, is near, so, it could, so a window is near, they could stick out their, 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 their bucket and out the window and draw water from here on Javas. They could draw a window, through their window, draw water from this place on Javas. It's not considered that they're transferring because this pit is Rishas Sayyachit. So when they, they, when they just put their bucket out over in, 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 into the street, but directly into the, into the water hole, it's mutter. Similarly, Ashra, which is around the there's a big garbage dump, which is around this tent of Akamai, so it's its, its own Rishasayach, and even though it's in the street, the people from the nearby window can pour out their garbage uh, into the into the um, garbage, the pile on Javas, because again, they're not transferring to Rishasarabim because this garbage dump in Rishasarabim is technically Rishasayach. So the Gemara now tries to figure out, but my scheme, what's the case? Even if we ever deal with a water hole that's right next to the Rosh Hashayachid, meaning it's like literally pressed up right in the window, or less than four tefachim. There's no space, significant amount of space in the street between the water hole and the window. If that's the case, why do you have to care that the banks of the of the of the water hole are ten tefachim high? Why don't we just say the pit is ten tefachim deep? So it's the Rosh Hashayachid. And there's no Rishas Arabim between the water hole and a window. So what you mean what to draw water? The Mishra's Mashmah, you're only allowed to draw water if there's like walls that are 10 to above the pit. 
Why do I need that? Even if it wasn't like that, it should just be mutter just the way it is. It's, it's, it, I'm going from Rishas Ayachet to Rishas Ayachet, and it's not really like I'm drawing it through the Rishas Ayachet. So the Gemara explains, Water hole was four tefachim away from the Rishas Ayachet. The only reason it's mutter is because I have the, the walls, ten tefachim, that are going, that are going around the, the water hole, which means that when I put my bucket in, it's not going to be going through the Rishas Ayachet because it has to go a ten tefachim high in order to get down. So that means it's actually going to be transferring above the Rishas Ayachet. Remember, the Rishas Ayachet is only ten tefachim high. So because I have these walls around the pit, so it's going to be going, I'm drawing water from Rishas Ayachet, it goes up, all above the walls, and then ten tefachim high back into my window. So that means it's never really going through Rishas Ayachet. But if there wouldn't be those surrounding walls, Asar, which are ten tefachim high, then you can't transfer from the water hole to your window because it's going from the one Rishas Ayachet, from the pit, into your house Rishas Ayachet, but through the Rishas Ayachet. And you're not allowed to pass things from one Rosh Hashanah to another Rosh through a Rosh Hashanah. So if you have the walls that are 10 Tfachim high, so it's not going to be going through Rosh Hashanah, it's going to be going above Rosh Hashanah. Then the din is that it's mutter, um, then the din is it's usher. But if there are walls that are 10 high, so then it's not going to be going through Rosh Hashanah, then it will be okay. So that's the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, or you could say that the water hole was right up to the wall. There was no riches around between them. So I, what was our kasha? Why do you need the walls of Tentvachim? The answer is, what the case was that the water hole itself wasn't Tentvachim deep. It was only Tentvachim deep if I combine part of the depth of the hole together with part of the walls that are on top. So let's say the depth was five Tentvachim and the walls were five Tentvachim. So the novelty that we're saying is that I can combine in Hilchos Machitza to make some Mishasayachid part of depth, that the, the, the bar is, is dug 10 Tvachim deep, and part of the walls which come up, they combine to the requisite shear of 10 Tvachim, and then it's considered Mishasayachid. That's the novelty. Then we mentioned the other case, Ashba Mishasayachid. I have the, the trash pile in Mishasayachid, 10 Tvachim high, so I can pour it from my window into it. So Mara says, Why aren't we concerned that part of the garbage will be removed? So even though now it's 10 Tvachim, people will remove garbage, and now it won't end up being Tvachim, but people are going to, are going to continue to throw out garbage because they always knew how you were allowed to. We were always accustomed. That was what we always did. We would always throw out water on Shabbos. So, but the problem is you only were allowed to do that when it was 10 Tvachim high. But if it gets diminished, so it's no longer Rosh Hashanah, so you can't do that. And But people aren't going to distinguish. They're going to keep on doing that. And where do we see... Uh, precedent for such a What's the story in a One side of the mavoi ended at a sea. The other side ended by a good garbage dump. So it didn't have mechitzos, but it had the wall of the sea, and it had the garbage dump, which are both technically mechitzos. The story came to forward, Rebbe, we were allowed to carry the mavoi. So meaning you had a back wall, you had a wall of the sea, and you had the wall of the garbage dump. So technically there were three walls. So the shot is, can we put a lechi on the fourth side and, and, and be mater? Rebbe refused to give a hatter on it. Hatter, he didn't give a hatter. He was concerned that even though now that trash dump is there, which is a mechitza, but maybe it's going to be diminished and people are going to continue carrying and not realizing that they lost the wall. Or the same thing with the wall of the sea. Maybe the sea is going to get up something that's going to break the wall and take away this, the wall of the sea. And people are going to continue carrying now realizing that they lost the wall. But Israel Omer Bazar Kalkuzis, he didn't say technically that it's Aser because there are Mechitzas right now, so it's hard to give a rule that right now it's Aser. So therefore, Rebbe didn't give a Psaq. 
So we see that Rebbe wasn't willing to give a hatter because he was koshish that something was going to happen to the garbage dump. So so do here. Why? Are we allowing people to pour out garbage into the garbage dump, even though right now it's that Falchim. Why aren't we concerned that something's going to happen to the pile of garbage and it's going to be removed? So the Gemara answer is low kasha. It's not a question. The case in front of Rebbe was a private garbage dump. So there we're concerned. One person will remove it and uh, everyone else is going to continue carrying. Other problem in our case, everybody owned it. So there's no way that it's going to be removed. It's a public garbage dump. Of course it's going to stay. Public garbage dump is stay. A private garbage dump, even though now it's ten who said it's going to stay ten That's the one that we're concerned is going, to, is, going to, is going to change, and that's why it's awesome to rely on it permanently. But here in our case, where it was a public garbage dump, so we don't have any concern that anything's going to happen to it, and that's why we're not there pouring out garbage from the window to the garbage dump, even though it's in the street, because the garbage dump right now is 10 Tzvachim high, and we assume it's going to stay that way, so you're pouring onto another Rishasayachid.